Hello, hello. Welcome to Stuck with Taryn Arnold. I am your cute host, Taryn Arnold. And Stuck is a podcast where each episode we learn how to get a little less stucky. But for the next little while, you are stuck with me. So hello, hi, get comfy. Um, We've got a long one today, but it is worth it. Today's guest is Jarvis Johnson. Jarvis and I used to work together in the tech industry before he left his cushy software engineering job uh, to pursue YouTube, and then he got like a million subscribers instantly. His story is insane, and in this episode, we talk all about it, as well as diving into creative ruts and taking big leaps of faith to pursue things that you've always wanted to pursue. Um, It's great. Also, my audio gets super funky, so I apologize for that. I don't know what happened, Um, but it doesn't matter because this week's cutie reviewer shout out goes to none other than Marvelous Bean. I love your name. She gave me five stars. Then she said in all caps, in love, and then said, this podcast makes me feel like she's literally my closest friend. Well, Marvelous Bean, that's the point. Thank you for the review. You're a star. Uh, And hey, if you want a shout out, on the next ep, like Marvelous Bean, go leave your girl a glowing review, and I just might choose you, Pikachu. So cool. Love you. Hope you, that the love you is for Marvelous Bean and for you too, listening. Um, enjoy the episode with Jarvis. I know I did. Jarvis, Jarvis, Jarvis. I told him he had to sit through the long intro and you guys don't get the the joy of seeing him while I read this, but I do. <laughs> and that feels special. So today I'm so happy to have Jarvis Johnson on the podcast. Jarvis is in my mind, just the master of getting, of being stuck and moving to unstuck. And he just does it over and over again. Um, and then back to stuck again. Yeah. And, it's a cycle. <laughs> and then back to stuck, which we do love. Um, after his cushy job after cushy job situation in the tech industry from Google to Yelp to Patreon where him and I met Jarvis decided to leave it all to pursue YouTube and podcasting and all the fun creative things and uh unlike a lot of people it very much so worked in what two short years where are we at I don't know I think well so my last day at Patreon was February 2019 so yeah we were about to come up on two years Okay, well, Jarvis has uh, 1.5 million people that take in his videos, and that's just one channel. I didn't, I didn't do my due diligence to look. Oh elsewhere. yeah, no, no, no need, no need. <laughs> You're like it's only three million elsewhere. It's, <laughs> um, it's a meek, you... <laughs> it's a meek 250k on the second channel. <laughs> that's see, look at you go. Um, it's crazy. It's actually so crazy. He was recognized this year in Forbes 30 under 30 for being such a badass, which I think is hilarious that the only two guests I've had are Forbes 30 under 30 people so far. <laughs> um, um, look, you, you've thrown everybody else out. It, that's your first interview. That's your weed out question. But yeah, I'm like, did Forbes, <laughs> even, did Forbes even reach out? Uh, mm-hmm. No. Um, wow. But my favorite thing about Jarvis beside all of it is how self-aware and how humble he is. Cause when, when I first launched stuck in 2018, I actually recorded this podcast with Jarvis, uh, when he was like secretly le- getting ready to leave his job and trying to jump into this, you know, this YouTube world. And he already had massive traction and, you know, in the middle of his literal rise to fame, I asked him if he had ever been stuck. And this is what he said. Oh my gosh always and forever stuck. Fear of living up to expectations, leaving a safe job, getting over the hump of making stuff, searching for your passion, taking mental health seriously, bad habits I can't seem to get over, feeling stuck at an unhealthy unhealthy weight, always stuck. Um, and just, if you know Jarvis, you'd be shocked to know that he struggles with any of this because, you know, in my mind and in everyone's mind, he he just gets unstuck like nobody else. I'm so excited to have him on to talk about it. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Uh, do you still have the audio from that first episode? Because I bet I I'm do. like, I'm like, man, we got to do that Billie Eilish same interview uh, <laughs> <laughs> two years later. <laughs> I love it. I, the only thing I remember is that you were like, you just can't say that I'm leaving Patreon yet mm. because I haven't told anyone. I remember that. And we were in like an obscure conference room. It wasn't one that gets a lot of traction, I feel. No, we were in the studio. Like, it oh, was like yeah, we were in the studio because I in the new office and I I'd never really been in it. So that's why it felt foreign to me. There we go. Dude, Jarvis, I'm out. so happy to be with you today. This is so fun. Uh, I'm happy to be here. No, it's uh, 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, really excited to chat and hear how you've been as well. Dude, I'm great. We're, let, let's catch each other up. I, I launched this new little idea. I think it sucks. I haven't decided yet, but uh, we're going to go loved, learned, lost. Something that you're loving, something that you're learning, and somewhere that you're stuck. So let's kick it off with something that you're loving. What are you loving right now? Okay. Um, two things. My rice cooker. I oh, just got a rice cooker good. and it's like transforming my life because I am someone who really wanted, I mean, you know, two years ago, I was talking about healthy habits. Yeah. Some, some habits are really hard to form for me. And it's not like I don't know how to cook. It's that it always feels like it's way more work than it actually is. A hundred percent. And, and doing like having something that gets me is sort of like a, a foot in the door to cooking. And now I'm like, oh, I've got this great rice. Like what, how should I, what should I, <laughs> else should I add in here? You know, it's I went great to- great uh, rice. Is there bad rice? Uh, oh yeah. Have you ever, I feel like I have you ever had like a- bur- Okay, well that's okay. <laughs> I was gonna say like uh, most of humanity <laughs> is uh, is on the side of rice. So <laughs> okay. you might be alone on I'm this one. I'm just a little alone. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, I went to, um, our friend Mayuko Mm -hmm. who, uh, I went to spend Christmas with her and her husband in San Diego and she is an incredible cook and cooked every night. And so when I got home, I was like, I'm going to buy everything you have because I want to learn how to do that. (laughs) You tried to become Mayuko. Yeah, I'm working on it. So (laughs) my Japanese is a little rusty. (laughs) You'll get there in due time. Um, uh, what was your other thing? You said there were two things that you're Oh, loving. the other thing is uh, I've, I've, I've really been into Pokemon lately. I've actually been seeing that. And I was like, do I talk about this? Because I actually don't know anything about Pokemon. It's okay. Either. No, it's all, you know, all it is is like, happened? I'm just, well, I, I was always into Pokemon as a kid. And I think a lot of the self-discovery that I've been going through over the past uh, two years is like leaning into who I was when I was a kid and like, Aww. and, and trying to sort of rebuild some of that. Cause uh, I have a weird family situation and I don't have a lot of like art. I, at the time didn't have like a lot of artifacts in my past. So uh, I was super into Pokemon up until college. And then I used to like play the games, collect the cards. I got back into it recently because I made a YouTube video about this, $375,000 Pokemon deal gone wrong. Mm. And that sort of was the start of this, like the um, gateway drug, the gateway drug. And now I've been like, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with all the Poketubers and uh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all up in the, I have a separate uh, uh, Instagram for like trading cards. I'm doing, I'm doing deals. Poketubers. I know, <laughs> I know. dude, it's the best. That's so and yeah, fun. so that's been fun. So learning, okay, here's one. Mm-hmm. I am learning to be kinder to myself and more accepting of myself as I am. Hmm. My whole life, I've been very, very hard on myself when things don't go my way. And I often set up circumstances that were like unwinnable for me. You know, it's like, mm. like, uh, it's a little bit damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like totally. I'm not celebrating my wins and I'm beating myself up if I don't ha- receive those wins to begin with. Got it. And in a lot of what, you know, I've, I've come to be, like I've become aware of is just the voice of the critic in my head and how I can like identify it and not mm-hmm. sort of fall into the traps uh, very much, you know, like my critic is, is just putting propaganda everywhere. That's like a fake picture of the world. <laughs> and uh, it's trying to convince me of something that isn't true. Yeah. And uh, I have to like keep my eye on the prize and know what actually is true, which is usually the, like the, what my critic tells me does not hold up to scrutiny, you know? So 100%. it's, and, and um, a lot of that is just like keeping the, like focusing on the narrative that I'm paying attention to. And, you know, like today you asked me how I was doing um, and I could, there is a narrative of my day that's like a very like sulky, bad yeah. narrative and I can like see it 
but I'm trying not to walk that path. I'm trying to go, well, right. okay, you know, that's one way to look at it, but that doesn't serve anyone. It's a yeah. little bit self-serving even to just, I don't know, you ever be in a bad mood and you're like, I don't even deserve to be in a good mood. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even, like, who was that guy that smiled? Yeah, I don't even need to, I, like I, someone as bad as me doesn't even deserve a smile. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, so like that kind of thing, it just like doesn't serve. It's like self-indulgent. So, totally. so I am trying to, you know, not dwell on the past, trying to focus on what I can do. I didn't get the work done I wanted to do today trying not to let that ruin my day like it mm -hmm. used to or like it has in the past and instead uh, focusing on being kinder to myself and saying, hey, with that time, I cleaned up my office a bunch and reorganized some things. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to be like, hell yeah, I did that. Oh and yeah. I, and like, that's going to help you get more shit done tomorrow. Absolutely. Exactly. There's a lot of things that just feel like my, I, my anxiety has been at an all-time high this year. Yeah. And I'm just Same. trying to identify like where it's coming from yeah, and like what it is, you know, like it's such a beast. Yeah. It's such, it just has a mind of its own. It just, mm -hmm. my, one of my first therapists, which sounds ridiculous that I've like therapist. You, you, you've run through them. There's a, <laughs> I've had them a all. graveyard of past <laughs> therapists. Oh, uh, one of them was like, told me to, you know, naming your anxiety is like a classic therapy thing. Like, Oh, mm. give it a name and whatever. But one thing that he said that was so helpful is he's like, think of it like a, like an intern that is uninformed, but that they're just trying their hardest. Like they yeah. are just going out of their way to like the papers are rustling and they're running yeah. around your head and like, wait, wait, but don't forget. Oh yeah. Wait. Uh, and you're like, buddy, yeah. I shouldn't yeah. have given you this seat in my head. You're yeah, like, not yeah. that great but you're trying. Like, I know you're trying That's to help so me. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Hey guy, calm down. Like it's, it's going to be fine. Like you're going to get your, you're, you're going to get school credit. It's cool. Like <laughs> yeah. um, you're doing okay. It's you're like, doing you okay. need a little Just head like, pat. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many behaviors that are like born out of almost like my anxiety is that like when you touch the oven and pull your hand away yeah. and it's almost like, I'm like, Oh, I can't watch anything on Netflix. Cause uh, I don't want to be reminded of, or watch anything on YouTube. Cause I don't want to be reminded of work. And I don't want to watch anything on Netflix because uh, uh, what if I miss it? What if I'm too into the Netflix and I can't split my <laughs> attention in a million different directions by being on my phone, you know, it's like, it's shit like that where it's, this doesn't actually make any sense or even the habits of, um, doing things that are easy to do or doing something harder. This is on the thread of the like ordering food. When yeah. I enter my home, I take my keys sometimes. And the, or the other day I took my key. I have a key ring to the left of my door, which, you yeah. know, a lot of people do. It makes sense. Fun. I grab my keys and I like toss them on the floor. <laughs> and I'm just like, why are you doing this? It is so much simpler to just put it on the key ring. I don't like my body's just like, but it's, oh, but if you knew how hard it was to do just, less work. It's, it, I love those moments where you realize that like your body and like the, and your, the like things that your brain is trained to do and say are, are yeah. separate than you. Like that's oh, a yeah. moment where you're literally floating above yourself being like, what did he do? Yeah. Like that Jarvis is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on guy. Um, or even like when I, a room will be messy and I'm like, now how did it get this way? And then flashback <laughs> to me it? just like throwing everything, every direction, <laughs> not taking a sink. Cause I'm in a rush. I'm in a rush and I got to get to the next thing. And then, you know, yeah. then I'm spending hours trying to figure out where everything goes again. And it doesn't actually end up saving me time at the end of the day. Yeah. My girlfriend and I all the time are like, we go through obsessive cleaning like phases and then we'll be like three days into a dirty phase and be like, ew, like how did, who did, how did this happen? You like we blame like it on this? the dogs. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, who are these barbaric people living in this home? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's clean Did up after break them. in and just lightly <laughs> mess everything up <laughs> where I normally do, where I yeah. normally put things when I feel messy. Uh, a very awesome. meek burglar <laughs> just come in, comes in, <laughs> <laughs> it just sets things slightly <laughs> off 
off kilter. Just not uh, on the key ring, anywhere but. Yeah, anywhere but. Takes it off the key ring, in fact. Tosses it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> where Where are you feeling stuck in your life? It can be okay. small or big. So uh, where I'm feeling stuck right now is going to sound kind of similar to what I said before, which is I think right now I'm stuck with finding striking the balance between something that is going to appeal to a wide audience Mm -hmm. and also be sustainable for me where I enjoy doing it. Um, and that is, uh, most of the time the, you know, advice you get is, you know, just make sure that you're you know, happy with it, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you're enjoying yourself. And I don't disagree yeah. with that. But I also know that there is, I, it almost feels like I'm, I'm like, there's a, you know, it's like the, there's a square hole and I'm like, there's gotta be a square peg somewhere. Like I'm pretty sure. And yeah. people are like, just use the round peg, man. It's like not that big a deal. And I'm like, you're right. But I swear to God, I saw a square peg a second ago. You Everybody know what I mean? hold on. Everybody, Everybody, hold, Everybody on. hold on. That's what it is. Like I haven't put out a video this year. Um, and it's very much an everybody hold on like moment because yeah. I'm, I'm searching for something. Mm. And it part of it is probably other things I'm going through in my life that make it harder for me to maybe feel the confidence I need to go forth with that. Yeah. Um, and then part of it is just, this is something I've always, I've always been trying to strike this balance. And I get so excited when I find something that like hits that when I'm like, Oh, great. I can talk about Pokemon and also talk about the scam. And then those two things together will get a million views. And then I, I got to talk about Pokemon and I like got my views that I wanted. Yay. Validation. <laughs> um, so and like rough. when I, when, when I find those ideas, I'm like, Oh yes, that's perfect. But in many ways, and this is not like my goal, maybe moving forward is to try and reduce this is that I feel like I'm at ground zero after every video and I've got to like figure out where the next video is going to come from. That's um, so I wonder if part of that is just like how little time you've been actually doing this full time. Like, mm, I wonder if that's mm. just something that comes with it over time, but I actually don't know. Like so many, you know, my girlfriend is a YouTuber and so many of the people that we hang out with are YouTubers. And that seems like par for the course. It's just yeah. a weird thing that comes with the job. Agree. Unless also, you're just like vlogging and it just, you right. just do that. But then your, your life direction is kind of based on content. And it's like, I've got to go to Fiji because that's yeah. uh, Fiji's <laughs> trending. So it's like, or where is it that it's everybody's pandemic, going? pandemic, but we're going to Tulum. It's yeah, Tulum. it's like, yeah, everybody, all, there's all those influencers on an, on an island somewhere where it's yeah. like, COVID doesn't exist here. Um, so. Firefest all over again. Yeah, exactly. So, um I agree with that. I agree. Cause fortunately this year I've gotten to interview a bunch of creators who I, you know, respect immensely and all of them, except for Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD, but you know, he's a, he's a perfect. <laughs> um, uh, everyone except for him, uh, who is a pro athlete and also a 10 million subscriber tech YouTuber who is interviewing Elon Musk and Bill Gates and is just excited all the time about his job. Uh, he's doing fine. I feel like he has no struggle in life. No, no. I asked him, I like, basically he's just like one of those easygoing people yeah. and it's amazing. And I love that he loves what he does. It's like, it's the perfect, it's the perfect balance, but most of the other people I've talked to, especially people who are making comedy, mm-hmm. experience this. And it's 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 helpful to know that I'm not alone, but I also can't help but feel like that square peg, it's like gonna solve everything. And yeah. it's so close. Um, what a weird thing to have to get over. Like to like let yeah. yourself be like, hey buddy, it's kind of like what you gotta tell your little intern. Like, yeah. no, no, the, maybe that's not here. You know, maybe yeah. the thing's not, not actually worth looking for. Or maybe it's just right below the key ring. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's the thing. Like, I would say that right now, there's a lot of ideas that I, like, I have a lot of ideas, but 
I have to like be stricken with like inspiration. Like I, yeah. I have a list, but it's not like I go down the line and just do the next right. one up. I've got to like be excited about it. And so yeah. the stars some... have to like align. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm searching for that fire and um, I'll find it in some places, but then I convince myself out of it. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, this is an original blah, blah, blah. But then that's a silly thing because, you know, there's no such thing as originality for one. Mm-hmm. And for two, like the way I talk about something or cover something is going to be dramatically different than how anyone else does it because I'm like my own person. Totally. So, so those are all the things that I'm, those are all the weird conspiracy theories about myself that I'm trying to like keep at bay while I, you know, hold down the fort and well, try to like is, do my job. What I think is so rare about your situation is like, or your story is that those things normally stop people from ever starting. Like they're mm. just like, Oh, I'll leave them in my notebook. And this is my little notebook with all my ideas and my thoughts and yeah. whatever. But I, like, and so, I know so many people that just get stuck there. And, you know, even people that have asked questions when I did a little, little question on my Instagram about your right. you coming on the pod, it's just like, people are just stuck. They're like, how do you start? How do you get past that? So maybe, maybe walk us through, did you always want to be a YouTuber? Did you always want to mm. be in, in a software engineer and kind of, how did you get to the decision so, of leaving your work? Awesome can do. Uh, so I would say that the tech side of my personality, I was always a tinkerer, Mm -hmm. like with toys and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but I was far more creative. Like I, I, today I found, um, a little drawing I did when I was in elementary school where I, I was like making, like, I used to draw every day and, um, I, you know, I used to like sing and dance and do all these things. Uh, and a lot of those things I still do privately, but then, um, I, I was always interested in how technology worked. I, I like learned how to make my brain think the way that like an engineer thinks it didn't necessarily come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I tried to teach myself to code when I was, uh, in high school Mm -hmm. and didn't make it very far. But when I was in a, you know, college class where there was structure around it, I could excel within that then it kind of like swept me up. I kind of got swept up in the, you know, like all of these seniors were going and working at these big tech companies. And then that kind of became my singular focus for yeah. that time. And, you know, a lot of people think of me as somebody who like was tech and then like went comedy or whatever. But if you look at the first video that I uploaded to YouTube, it's me doing choreography from High School Musical 2 in 2007. You know exactly. what I mean? So it's like, that's, that's who I am. And I'm, I'm both, I'm both of these people like tech is something that I love and deciding to leave felt to me very much like the next step in a journey that I knew I was on all along, mm-hmm. but to, to outsiders doesn't look that way because a lot of times we, you know, imagine ourselves in these like boxes. But for me, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, this, level at a company. I know like what my trajectory can look like if I stay here, if I go elsewhere, if I try to found something. And then I was in these like professional development groups where you're like setting goals. And -hmm. I was finding myself like writing, you know, become CTO of a company with X many employees or this much funding or something like that. And I was just like, do I want this? I know. Do I actually want this? And, um, the and answer on the side, you're doing no. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Spoiler>. <laughs> and Spoiler. on the side, you're doing like all your improv stuff exactly, yeah. at the same time, which is probably just getting you more excited to right. pursue or put more eggs in this basket. You know, that was, yeah, that was me starting to dip my toes back into creativity and comedy of which I've always like silently been a big fan of. I say mm-hmm. silently because the only outlet was like my, for me and my friends. So I think that like the stars aligned for when I particularly left Patreon, but, mm-hmm. but what set me on that course was the feeling that I had done what I set out to do in tech. And if I ever come back, it'll like me leaving now doesn't preclude me from 
whatever I want to do in the future. Um, You know, like Mark Zuckerberg didn't climb the corporate ladder to destroy democracy. He just did it in his dorm room. (laughs) Um, So So jealous of that. Loved his his trajectory. Man, the hustle. Uh, (laughs) Always be grinding. (laughs) So it's like, but. Interesting. So yeah, I'm like, I like making stuff at the end of the day. And with creating, it feels like, I've said this to many people where like editing a video feels like writing code to me. It's just different Hmm. tools for achieving the same creative, like it's creative problem solving with different tools, essentially. Totally. What was like, when was the moment for you where you thought, you know, because so many people just keep doing their thing at Mm -hmm. their full-time gig and then they on the side, you know, just do something for quote unquote fun. When were you like, actually, I want, I want this to be the the work thing. So that was like a, that was the big leap of faith, right? So I started my channel um, after going to VidCon for work, which I Mm -hmm. ended up at Patreon because of this interest in tech and also create creators and stuff like that. Cause I was like, oh my God, it's Julia Nunes and Keena Grandis and all these people, you know, that Mm -hmm. I really like. Um, and then, so that like in, you know, building things that make their lives easier was really fulfilling work for me. And then, um, going to VidCon was always a dream. And it just so happened that, um, I was able to go with the mobile team. We were like building, you know, a little Snapchat stories clone for Patreon. While we were there, uh, Maiko and myself were like, let's go to all of the intro to becoming a YouTuber sessions and see what everybody has to say. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, all I needed was for Nick Jenkins, who's like a producer on SciShow and Crash Course, to like in a in a seminar thing he was giving to say, there's space for your voice on the internet. And I was like, yeah. oh, what a novel thought for mine, for my voice. <laughs> like, like, Hi, really? do you mean me, Jarvis, in the back? <laughs> yeah, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that like, I had always wanted to get back to YouTube in some way, because I made a few videos when I was a kid and um, stopped because I was afraid of uh, making a video that didn't get a lot of views. So that's mm-hmm. basically where I'm at still. Um, <laughs> and he's back. I know, I know. Stuck and <laughs> unstuck again and then back to stuck since that's he was 14. What he does. Um, I needed that. Yeah. I needed just a little bit of a, a push to get my brain going along the, yeah, you know what? I'm going to buy a camera. Like Maiko and I both were like, let's buy cameras after VidCon and let's start our little YouTube channels. What, and what's amazing is that we both do YouTube full time now, um, Mm -hmm. which is, which is wild, but, (laughs) but the, um, the point where it like got real and it got very like moved from a hobby to a jobby. <laughs> um, Please was, never say jobby again. I know that one <laughs> came to me, and I'm like, how has this it? never crossed my mind before? <laughs> I it have didn't to say hit. It. It, just, it hit, or it hit, but it hit weird. <laughs> yeah, it hit weird. Everyone, no one is excited about it. We're all collectively uh, experiencing a, a strange upset. moment. We're all a little, a little upset. Um, my channel was growing and I hit like, you know, a hundred thousand subscribers. I, well, I hit 50 K subscribers and then the channel like blew up over that weekend mm-hmm. where uh, one of my videos went viral. And then I like essentially got 200,000 subscribers over a weekend. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like serious. But I wasn't really making that much through ad revenue. It was like, oh, you know what? Like this is, this is fine. Was it close to your salary? No, at that point, no. It, yeah. The big leap was like, it started to feel like work was holding me back from YouTube. I had mm-hmm. a full year, I think, of, or however long it was since I started my channel to um, when I left Patreon of like waking up at six in the morning, writing or trying to work on a video before I would show up at work at 11 because it's Silicon Valley. You could roll in at 11 and no one questions it. <laughs> so I had like a half of a work day, um, on my best hours, no offense, Patreon, my, my best hours <laughs> were like spent on, um, creative creativity and stuff. And that wasn't sustainable. And so I, I felt like a little bit under pressure. Mm-hmm. by queen um <laughs> uh, <laughs> i i i felt is that queen it is queen under pressure under gonna, pressure 
no 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 who is it if i sing does that help it's the david queen, bowie no. and queen david bowie and queen there okay, you cool. go Whew, i was nervous <laughs> for a second i was under pressure by david bowie and queen circa 1981 and i started to feel this friction where if i didn't strike while the iron was hot with youtube the momentum would go away and i would have to build that up again mm-hmm. and i also like looked at the sort of the future of my career my technical career and was like can i afford to pause this is this a good time to do that i stayed at patreon like from september to february after i had already told everybody that i was leaving because i wanted to like tie up all the loose ends um i'm really glad i made that call because the momentum thing is real and i'm glad i got to i'm glad i got to like strike like the iron was still warm um when when i started (laughs) striking again and um see i didn't like that either i like 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 to say like like little normal sayings striking feels like jobby job jobby (laughs) i forgot about jobby already i would put that out of my mind what do you think you would have left your what what do you think would have happened if your videos just if that video never took off do you ever think about it so i don't but i think what would have happened is i would have if, if nothing ever popped off, then I would just be in this, probably this frustrated place where I was like, dang, but it, and it would be something where I just kept trying. You think you would have kept going? I think I would have kept going. Cause typically I get really frustrated when I don't like meet my expectations, but yeah. I always go back at it. Like I'm like, I'll never want to do this again. And then I'm like, does it again? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And the big question mark though was income wise. Yeah. I, it wasn't like I was making my salary. I could live on what I was making on YouTube, but I also had this thought that, you know, if I was able to focus on this full time, my output should be more. And so like the the output would sort of lead to more revenue. And that was true. Um, But that was, that was the leap of faith. I had set aside, um, you know, leaving Patreon, the first form it took was I was going to take like a few months break Mm -hmm. and then I was going to do some part-time work. Um, Mm -hmm. Jack and I were talking about that. And then I, and then sort of when I was the most under pressure by David Bowie and Queen, I was like, I need a clean break. I, I, I can't just keep stringing this along because splitting my focus I, I, won't, I won't feel right if I'm like splitting my focus. Yeah. Um, so then I'm just going to try and do this. I was going to say whole hog, but I don't like that either. Uh, <laughs> stop. Stop really attacking need, us. I am so sorry. Uh, I want to do much. this all the way. I want to put, but I want to jump in with both feet and I just gave myself a clock, but that was just a mental trick. So I was like, I'll give myself three months and we'll see where we're at. And then mm. a, a month in or two months in, I was like, okay, okay, we can do six months. And then after a certain point, I was like, okay, I think we can just keep going and we're fine. We can just do this, yeah. Uh, and I, I had savings um, that I was like prepared to use to finance that three months if things didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But luckily, like if I was just reacting to the ebbs and flows of YouTube revenue, that wasn't going to be a good place to be. Yeah. So uh, and it would have stressed me out far you know, sooner. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Someone- yeah. Jess, Jess Nortiz or Jess N. Ortiz said, how much research did you do before you took the jump? I would say less than you think. Mm. Um, because I am a very heart-driven person, like gut-driven. Mm-hmm. And then I justify it with facts. I justify it with facts and research. So it was a little bit like, can I survive a, a car ride with somebody a friend asking me why I'm doing what I'm doing. Can I come up with a, you know, a convincing argument to prove to them and to myself something that I've already decided. (laughs) So, so it was kind of like I had made up my mind and then it was just like justifying it to myself in the world. Um, And so the safety net of like starting with like a time limit was helpful for that as well. Cause I was like, Hey, it's just three months and then I can just go back. No problem. Um, And then it kind of just went from there. That's so, yeah. At the least, at the very least, it was like a sabbatical. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And then there's not as many stakes on something like that. Which is such a privilege of being in the tech industry because that's yeah. not a crazy thing to do to take a right. few months off and then right. pop back in. You Absolutely. Know? I'm so like, 
I could not have taken any, I couldn't have worked at Patreon, uh, a startup that like had raised ser- like series B funding when I joined and couldn't pay me the same salary that like a Google would. Yeah. Um, like I was fortunate enough to like my first job out of college helped me pay off my student loans. And so Mm -hmm. then I was like financially independent and then I could start saving so that I had this financial safety net to like take, like not work for a few months. And Mm -hmm. that was, and that was like, I I don't know what I'm saving. Like when I was saving, I I got into like um, a lot of that, you know, personal finance stuff and that, that world. Nerd wallet vibes. Yeah. Nerd wallet and and all those things. Uh, Mr. Money Mustache. Too, that's shout out um but a lot of like my my um one of my friends who was my intern mentor at yelp um was super into this stuff and he mm-hmm. and he was like try to put away 50 percent of your income which is you know very difficult to do for that's most so people yeah. um and it was like because of tech it was like a little bit easier for me to do but i just like did it knowing like living like a college student while I still had the energy to do that. And then knowing that I was saving for something, but I didn't know what, and then it kind of, when everything came to a head, I was like, this is what it's for. Mm. I can actually like afford to take this, take this leap because I don't have the, like my parents can't help me out financially. I can't, I don't really have anywhere externally to get that help. So I knew I had to provide it for myself. So, so yeah, that's, it's a scary jump. What's really interesting, you just said something about like saving for something, but you didn't know what for. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that you and I share this. I've always, I hate even saying this. It's like so dramatic to say, but I've always just felt like something was going to click for me at some point in my life. And like, it would just all, everything would make sense. Like I've always felt like I was like destined for something. Yeah which yeah. seems so like a stupid movie plot, but I, I actually like in my heart right. of heart, I'm like, yeah. something's different. I feel it. Is yeah. that how you felt like throughout this where you, where you said, I know that I'm going to end up doing something creative. Is that kind of where that was coming from? I, so I think a lot of my beating up myself comes from the fact that I do in my heart of hearts, believe in myself and believe mm-hmm. in what I can achieve. And whenever there's any sort of doubt that's thrown into that, that's when I start to freak out. But in, yeah. at, at my core, I do like think that I can accomplish things that I set my mind to. And, you know, with YouTube, I was like equipped with more information than the average person. Like I didn't do a lot of research, but I worked at Patreon. I knew a lot about creator businesses and, yeah. and my job leading up to that was like analyzing creators numbers and, and engagement. And then mm-hmm. it started to get to a point where I was like, oh, I have equivalent engagement and numbers to the people mm-hmm. that we were like reaching out to, you know? So yeah. then I was, then I was like, oh, okay. So like I, something can work here. I can rearrange these puzzle pieces in a way because these people are making it work. So why couldn't I? Hmm. Um, I do agree with the, like everything clicking at some point, but for me, it's um, everything just feels a part of the same narrative. Like I am so grateful for my like tech background because it's made me better at my job as a creator in ways that I never would have expected mm-hmm. and opened up means for me to, you know, give a talk at YouTube in Tokyo and also talk to product managers and engineers and data scientists at YouTube. Totally. Um, so yeah. Before your videos popped off and probably still now, I, I can imagine that you might've been discouraged when videos didn't do well. That's how I feel every time I release anything that I think is great or anything I think is shitty. It's like the fact that I even put it out. I'm like, guys, uh, come on. I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. How did, in those moments, how did you keep going and how do you keep going? Cause I bet that still happens. Yeah. Not to say you're so, shitty. But, oh no, it definitely, you know. it definitely still happens. And it's just different stakes like yeah it's the same feeling as it was you know when I was like oh man I'm like I got 20,000 views this time for the first time I'm so excited or whatever it's just the numbers are bigger or 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 like oh no this got 1,000 views and my last video got 2,000 views so now I'm like is it over you know like is it is this the end for me (laughs) I would say the way that I kept going was 
always thinking about my content as an experiment and trying to learn what worked and what didn't work and trying something different next time and seeing, you know, how that plays. Cause I, and, and I thought of, you know, all my videos as little experiments and one of them would have to work at some point, you know, like that's kind of, um, and so I was always twiddling and I was using my, you know, I was trying to understand the YouTube algorithm and try and figure out how to like use metadata to my, you know, benefit and, and all these things, like knowing that I could do something helped me feel less helpless. Cause I think I feel helpless when I'm like my, or the emotional feeling is helplessness where I'm like, I'm at wit's end. What do I do? Yeah. And it's, and it's a little bit reminding yourself to go, okay, well you get up, you take a shower, you like, you know, put your pants on one leg at a time yeah. and you get back out there little intern, yeah. you know, <laughs> come on, uh, bud. We'll come on sport. That. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing I want to mention, I don't know if, uh, I brought this up last time. Did I tell you about Jack and my meeting, uh, that we had, uh, back when I had a very small audience? No, I don't think so. Okay. Jack did this for everyone. Jack did this for me. He does these little, these little meetings that just make. Yeah. 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 It's very, he's very, yeah. It's like, this was amazing. Cause I did feel discouraged. I yeah. did. I had, this is when I had 50,000 subscribers and which is crazy uh, because to so many people that's like it that's right, the point right but i was like but then i was doing this thing of like oh these people have worse videos than mine and theirs are like bigger so what am i doing wrong even though right. i wasn't doing anything wrong you know what i mean yeah i in my head was like well there must be something that i'm not doing that's preventing things from clicking and when that one video went viral it was a a lesson that, you know, the video that went viral was six months old when it went viral Mm. and it had like 6,000 views, 15,000 views at like when it, at the time. And it was an underperforming video. All my other Mm -hmm. videos were doing much better at that point. And this was like an out of left field thing. Even the comments were kind of negative at first. They were Mm. like, I don't know if I like this direction. Uh, where's the code? Um, you make tech videos, make them like I want. Um, and then the video started to blow up. I changed some metadata and that could have been why, but it getting like 2 million views six months after I made it was a lesson that like I had made that thing already. I made the, you know, I kept thinking about all these people who had more views than me and were somehow like something clicked for them that hadn't clicked for me. And it's like, well, you've actually already made the thing that's going to blow up the channel. Mm. So that whole six months, I was good enough, but I felt this chip on my shoulder. You know what I mean? I was probably all all, crazy, right? Like I was always probably good enough. And that's kind of what, you know, it's like, as long as I'm striving to improve, I really can only focus on myself. Um, and it just makes me feel so silly. Yeah. Yeah, it was there, but you needed the numbers to catch up to to it or to right. you to be like, because, oh, I'm great. But that's the thing. That's that's like why it's so fraught to like l- use the numbers as like means of validation. Because when I made the video and it underperformed, I was like, dang, this video sucks. I guess I'm never doing this again. And then when it finally gets the validation that I truly in my heart of hearts thought it deserved, I was like... Um, oh, maybe I do like this video. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're like, holy was, shit, this is incredible. Cause I wasn't ready to be like, this is my pile of shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. instead of it's like, this is my creation that is impressive. Hello, I'm the creator of said video <laughs> where before I didn't want to associate myself with it because so I was weird. embarrassed. It's so silly because it tells me that I shouldn't, you know, like worry about things as much as I do. Um, so what's your advice to someone who is in the pre, uh, viral position, mm-hmm. um, where they've, you know, made a few things, whatever it is, videos, podcasts, it's gaining a little bit of traction, but not anywhere to where you think it should be. What's your I advice to, to uh, yeah, where, what do you tell them? So I would say that the hard part is enjoying what you do and making sure that you continue to enjoy the hobby. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that that is harder than growing an audience mm-hmm. um, because I could give advice that is like, you can 
you know, look at these tactics, blah, 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 make videos like this, yada, yada. But if at the end of the day, you're not making videos you're excited about, did you succeed in your goal, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things I like to say is like, build for the audience you want, not the audience you have. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like a lot of the ways that I thought about my old videos, when I truly was championing, championing them and they weren't you know, popping off. I was in Reddit posting my videos. I was in like message boards. I was like, I was the guy on the street handing out his mixtape, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, and because I truly believed in the stuff that I was making yeah. and I was just like, oh, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not wasting someone's time. If someone watches this, they'll enjoy it. I'm pretty sure. So that's like, mm-hmm. and so eventually I started to think of it as like, well, this is like my library of content when, when the audience catches up to me, this will be here for them. Hmm. It's like, it's like that, that, uh, Fleetwood Mac song that just took off on TikTok, like, you know, three weeks ago and, you know, everyone's posting about all the stuff. I'm like, yeah, Fleetwood, that song has been here forever. Like just because you guys just found it doesn't give it more value. It's always been a great ass song. Yeah. It's yeah. It's the world is weird like everything's irrational, uh, but also you don't like the value of something is really just what other people are willing to put on it. So if you put value onto your videos, regardless if it has one view or 1 million views, it will have that value that, that it will have that value to you. And that's all that you can control. Here, I'm going to play devil's advocate because there are so many people on the internet, specifically on YouTube or like Instagram that think that they're this like they really, they think they're creating gold, right? And to mm-hmm. someone that that could be gold, but they're posting it as if it's like, hey, you guys, like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. And it's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And there's like 30 views or something. Mm-hmm. To, and those people sometimes annoy other people because they see people like you that are getting a million views. And they're like, see, this guy is making real content. But what do you say to the person, the, the person that's, treating their content like it's gold because to them it's gold, but the world doesn't see it like that. I think that you have to like, so my, if it were, if it were me, you know, when I was in the situation of creating what I thought was gold, when I went to Jack and I was literally like, why aren't my videos popping off? Like literally that's like basically what it was like. Oh wait, no, I did not have 50,000 subscribers. I had 2000 subscribers when I, when I did this. What I, what it, what it was. What did you just ex- see? What, what are you looking at? Oh, I pulled up the document. I actually oh, oh, have oh. it still. Okay. So, um, so it, it was like J- Jack's exercise for me was, it was like, uh, last year went perfect. What happened? Hmm. And I had 2000 subscribers at the time. And I was like, in, you know, one year's time, I want to have 50,000 subscribers, which felt crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And in one year's time I had like 400,000 subscribers, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like you, so when I came to Jack with this, I had 2000 subscribers and maybe five videos. And I'm like, why aren't my videos popping off? Um, And, you know, maybe, you know, Mayuko's first video got a million views. So like I was already feeling inferior and like Mm -hmm. something wasn't working for me. And even that is not all it's, you know, cracked up to be even having a video pop up because now you're still trying to, now you're trying to please an audience and you're just also trying to figure out what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So celebrate the time that you're, you don't have a ton of people watching you because there's going to be less weight on all the changes and that you make and less things to consider. Hmm. And if you think you're, you can like find your voice in that time. Um, if you think your stuff is gold and it isn't popping off, like other things that are similar to mine that are working and try to understand why mm-hmm. I used to um, look at people's like subscribers gained and, and, and what type of, like I was studying people who were really successful and trying to figure out like how I could make like who, who were people who I wanted to emulate on YouTube, yeah. at least in the early, like when I was just starting, I was like, how do I do it like them? And and I started a little bit like copying in terms of in terms of YouTube strategy, like yeah. how I was titling and thumbnailing my videos and stuff. Like even today, you know, on my second channel, I put out a video that like didn't perform super great. And I'm like trying to see what I can learn about it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you're always having to 
come up with theories uh, about how content's doing, why it's doing it, how the audience feels about it. Um, that seems like, it seems like a healthy way to look at it as an experiment. That seems yeah smart. It just, it, the pressure just lifts. You know, easier said than done sometimes because, yeah. you know, you, you open up your YouTube studio and you see that your latest videos, 10 out of 10 of your last, uh, your last videos and it's underperforming. You can't help but feel like you did something wrong, even yeah. though you didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Um, I have mm-hmm. so many examples of that. So many, you know, videos that underperformed at the time. And I was like, I did something wrong. I shouldn't have done this. And then later come back to be like my most popular videos. So that's so crazy. Like I did a video, the first video I did on the bachelorette underperformed by a lot. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) it's all over for me. And then now over time, it's got like 2 million views. It's like accumulated more views than a lot of the videos around that time. So it's like, you just, you can't really control all the variables. So you have to focus on what you can control, which is like experimenting and seeing what works for you and what works for your audience and trying to find the right balance between that. Yeah. Um, I love that. Um, let's ask a few questions from uh, people that submitted cues and then I'll go, I'll let you go buy your Pokemon card. Oh my um, gosh. Piat Jenny, fun name. Thanks for asking question says, did you feel the change within yourself when you started to see the numbers increase positive or negative change? Uh, I would say negative. I think Interesting. that, I think that it was what I was looking for. And then I was stressed that I was going to lose it. Um, and then I was like worrying about like when my channel was blowing up, I was refreshing the analytics like every day to like Mm. wait for the moment that it started dipping down. Like, cause I was just like, instead of, instead of enjoying the, like the moment I was (laughs) going, when is this going to end? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You like never took the time to be like, Oh my God, go Jarvis. No, never. Um, and that's like, that's a character flaw. That's, you know, like when I got the 30 under 30 thing, my ex was like, or my girlfriend at the time was like, uh, you know, this is really exciting. She had to like sell it to me that it was a good thing. And I was like, (laughs) I mean, but you know, like it's not a meritocracy and like, you know, sometimes I feel like it's maybe who, you know, and there's all these people who didn't get this, who, who deserve it more than me. And so I'm like coming up, it's like, why not just enjoy the thing? You know what I mean? Jesus, why do you yeah. do this to yourself, old Jarvis? Right, it's so silly. It's so silly. Yeah. So, I, so yeah. I get that. Um, then this question is is quite similar from two different people. Eduardo Magana seventeen and it's Abby Joe. It's Abby Joe says I sell cars. I've always wanted to pursue a career in the creative field, but I'm scared. Any advice? And then Eduardo said I'm 32. I have a good paying job that I want to quit. Always wanted a YouTube channel. Is it too late? Uh, so it's never too late, and to the car salesman, it's Abby Joe. Is that? Um, Abby Joe's our, our girl that sells cars. Yes. Uh, I love that. Um, I think you just have to find space in your life for like a new hobby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there was a point, like I started making videos and I was still doing everything else that I was doing in my life. And then as videos became a bigger, so it doesn't start out, you're a full-time YouTuber. You know what I mean? Like you don't mm-hmm. like day one, it's like, you quit your job, you show up at the office, let's do this zero subscribers or whatever. Like you could do that. Um, But like what I did was I eased into it. You know, it's like I, first I was like making a video every couple of weeks. It wasn't super regular and the topics were all over the place. Um, And it was exciting that thing when things would like get a a few views here and there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, And then I started to get enough traction that I was like, I have to decide if I want to leave my improv team because I can't, I don't have the time with my full, like my full-time job and uh, my weekends being often taken up with performances and and practices like for Mm -hmm. three hours on a Sunday, like during the, like during the hours that I'm most creative. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that became, you know, it slowly you know, built to that. And then, and then there was a little bit of a leap for YouTube. But when I decided to leave Patreon, I had like 300,000 subscribers and was earning revenue. 
Right. Um, and I, so I knew that I would be able to make something. I wasn't going to make zero. Yeah. So just start. Cause there's no, there's no future in which you succeed where you don't start at some point. So why not start now? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the fear, I was also afraid. My first video is about how I'm afraid to make videos. <laughs> my, my first video it's called, it opens with everything I make is going to suck. Like that's, <laughs> that is literally the first line of my first video back on YouTube. One more Julian Saliani says, okay. How do you balance creating for fun versus creating for work? And it sounds Very, like you don't balance them well yet. Well, so here's the thing. When I was working at Patreon, I was working seven days a week because I was basically using my weekends to work on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had a horrible work-life balance when I first started doing things full-time because I didn't know what I was doing and I was stressed out about it not working. And I felt pressure to just always be working in some capacity or else. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's finally like this past year, I've started delegating more. I've claimed back my weekends and my personal time. The process of creating is always fun for me once I get to, like I recorded a video the other day for my second channel where I just turned on the camera and like went for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And usually I can't do that. Or I didn't think of myself as being able to do that, but I've gotten better over time. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like this was a really pleasant experience. And I enjoyed all of that. So I would, I always recommend to people like, enjoy what you're making first. Don't even worry about getting an audience because if you get an audience day one, maybe you don't even like what you started doing. Maybe you started cook with cooking videos and mm-hmm. you're, you're like, I want to do Portuguese language study channel, you know? And then, and then it's I like, great. What am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Or I don't want to be like a cooking. I, I mean, I just made that one cooking video and it went viral. Yeah. So I just made another one. And then, you know, and then, um, And next thing you know, you have a big audience who's like expecting, who's there for the cooking videos. And when you, you go, um, all right, so this is my first Portuguese language study. Uh, Everybody's like, there's not even any crossover with those two audiences, right? (laughs) The one like Portuguese chef is like, it's like, this is my, (laughs) this is my Woodstock. (laughs) Yeah. So, so enjoy, enjoy the climb and yeah. Yeah. Cause there's feels- never, you're never going to reach a summit where everything feels like you, you hit the, like the credits roll on like success. You know what I mean? When I hit 50,000 subscribers, I knew I would hit hundred K because I knew that the momentum would carry me to it. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even feel like an achievement when I hit hundred K. So when I finally hit hundred K, I was like, finally, Instead of being like, come, come on, g- congrats. You know, so I'm just saying like, don't yeah. be like me. Um, it, it is like, and that's the thing, you know, coming back to what I'm learning is just trying to be kinder to myself because I've always been sort of so hard on myself and expecting so much that I don't even get to relish in the successes that I do get. And those are the only, like, if you can't, uh, celebrate those successes for what they are and accept them for what they are, then you won't be able to celebrate anything because it's just going to be something that feels, nothing feels like a big success when it finally happens. It feels like it often feels like a next step. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it like a hundred subscribers felt within reach when I had 50,000 subscribers. So it didn't, when it finally hit, it wasn't as exciting. Cause I was like, well, it was within reach. Interesting. If, if you will end it here, if you could, if you could sit down pre- pre-YouTube popping off Jarvis, just Jarvis putting out videos, trying to get this audience. If you could sit him down, you get 10 seconds to say something to him to help him get wait, a little- wait, how old is this Jarvis? This is like, well, I don't know, what like year three, we... three years ago. This three is years like ago? When, okay. when you started your YouTube channel, but cool. before it popped off. Cool, cool, cool. Um, you get 10 seconds. What do you say to this Jarvis? Um, no matter what you think, you're doing great. <laughs> Like, like you are not your, your worst thoughts. Um, and I'm proud of you no matter what happens. Cute. Oh, (laughs) I just pictured that like you in a conference room at Patreon with with myself. (laughs) Um, Jarvis, Um, where can people find you on the internet? I'm sure it's very easy. 
Um, you can find me at Jarvis on Instagram and Twitter, just my first name. And then on YouTube, I'm youtube.com slash Jarvis. Yeah, Damn, so, Jarvis. I think you just helped a lot of people feel oh, a little bit. I mean, it's like, my pleasure. This, this helps me. This is like very nice, very nice oh. way to end my day um, and head off to conduct a Pokemon transaction. That is, please say Pokemon deal because that makes it feel po- worse Pokemon and I deal. love it. Uh, I've got to go meet my dealer <laughs> for those sweet, sweet pocket monsters. Thanks for being Thanks here, for Jarvis. That me. was lovely. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, I'd love and- to bump into you someday in LA. <laughs> yeah, maybe mean, maybe I'll, think- I'll have to sell you a card. <laughs> uh, honestly, that's the quickest way to find me. I'll, I'll appear. <laughs> hold, a, hold a Pokemon card in front of a bathroom mirror and I just like show up behind you. <laughs> Um, I love you. But no, okay. no, I'll, I'll see you. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you sooner rather than later. That sounds great. Love you, Jarby. All right. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Stuck with Tieran Arnold. Hey, do your girl a favor and rate and review and subscribe and share and, you know, whatever else you can think of. See you next time. <laughs>